Hey everybody, it's Dave, Dave Broadback. Uh, the class, the lecture you're about to hear is from Biology slash Psychology 3506, Neuropharmacology. Um, I hope you like it, uh, but really I hope you learn something if you're one of my students. If you're not one of my students, I actually don't care if you like it or learn something. I'm kind of more concerned about my own students. But anyway, I uh, hope you like it, and... Uh, Without further ado, here's me talking about drugs. Uh, I've had a couple people ask where the recordings are, which fine. Um, they're posted as podcasts. They come out almost exactly after, right after the class, as soon as I'm done talking to everybody. Uh, so they're at, if you uh, just search my name on Google and the word psych class, you'll find it. Um, on iTunes, you can just search up my name and you'll find, uh, or not iTunes, I'm sorry, Google, Apple Podcasts. Same thing with Google Podcasts, you can find me. Um, you can also just listen directly at my website, uh, which is people.auc.ca slash broadback slash blog, um, which is also on the course syllabus. It is also on the course syllabus, but I will throw that into the chat for anybody that doesn't know it offhand, which you should know it by now, but so that broadback slash blog. Go there, you will be able to find all the things. In fact, there's also all my other classes too. Uh, if you want to listen to the other ones, you can. I don't really care. All right. <clears throat> so as I said, the plan today is to do finish up caffeine, and then we'll do a uh, question and answer for the upcoming test, which is, again, coming up on Tuesday in NW200. Okay. So I think, in fact, this, I think we did this slide. Um, yeah, because, oh yeah, we talked about this, that we're not sure if it helps performance, but it does reduce drowsiness and boredom, which probably helps athletic performance on long events. And it does seem there are, uh, there is evidence that, it, that, that uh, caffeine can uh, improve uh, vigilance, cognitive vigilance. So pilots are better if they've, if they're having some caffeine, if they're already caffeine users. And it increases fatty acid levels. So it's probably performance enhancing uh, in long events. And that's why it's a controlled substance. And I mentioned how uh, the amount you can have in your body is the equivalent of about, a, of about 100 um, grams. Is that right? Yeah. Um, no, about a gram. I'm sorry. So that's still pretty high. That's 10 cups of coffee. Like, and it increases time in light sleep stages one and two. Uh, so you, and it can counteract barbiturates. So that's where we left off. Um, so non-humans. So this is mostly this work is done in rats, mice, but also monkeys. Um, I've not seen any stuff on birds and caffeine. I'm sure it exists. I just haven't seen it. Uh, small doses increase spontaneous motor activity. Uh, spontaneous motor activity is just running around spontaneously. It shouldn't be surprising. It's a stimulant. 
So you get a little more movement. Uh, this is in a in what's called an open field, which and an open field is basically really just uh, uh, you know four by eight sheet of plywood. And you count how many, it used to be you'd, you'd film it or video it and count how many times they cross a grid of lines. Now you just have a bunch of photo cells set up. It's very easy because photo cells are really cheap. Um, they didn't used to be. Large doses, in fact, do the opposite. So what happens is, and this, we can probably guess what's going on here is that the large dose psychologically, and this would be to a, say a mouse or a rat, is actually, the large dose is probably uh, making the animal anxious. Right. And you would probably know this if you've ever had too much caffeine, um, you can get anxious. It's, it's a very uncomfortable feeling, even if you know it's the caffeine. Right. If you think to yourself, oh, I shouldn't have had that fourth cup of coffee, <laughs> um, you know, in 20 minutes or something. And you go, <sighs> even if you know that it's the caffeine doing it, it's still unpleasant and you still do feel anxious. Um, it increases fixed ratio responding. This this shouldn't surprise us. Um, fixed ratio is number of bar presses in a given amount of time. So, uh, sorry, number of bar presses uh, and how it relates to the number of reinforcers. So let's say an FR10 is 10 bar presses for a rat, gets it some food. Uh, this, it, it increases fixed ratio responding. Uh, this probably is also a timing effect. Um, counting and timing are intimately related. Uh, they're probably using the same system. So when animals count, and yes, animals, non-human animals can count, um, not the way we, not as well as we can, but they often can. And it's intimately related to the timing system. Um, in fact, uh, you might know Dr. Keogh in our department, his master's thesis was on the relationship between timing and counting in pigeons, uh, based on a paper by, uh, Makuta Robertson Broadback. So his turned out he was doing some stuff based on some stuff I did. So it's probably a timing effect because it increases the animal's internal clock, the speed of it. Eh? It's, 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 a, it's a stimulant. Uh, it increases suppressed behavior. What is suppressed behavior? Well, suppression, this is sometimes a little hard to follow. Let's see if I can. All right. Let's just go back here like that. Oh, we got, you know what we'll do? We'll have the whole thing here. So it increases suppressed behavior, caffeine does. So normally what you do is you would train an animal, train a rat to, to uh, push a little bar. And when he pushes the little bar, he gets food, right? So we can look at the rate of response and it's gonna be like that, okay? Now, we then compare that to, so then what we also do is we, train the rat that a light is going to give it a shock. So when, it, when the light comes on a shock or a sound, it can be a sound. And then we take a look and see that when we play the, this is after we've trained the animal to do this, when we play the, let's say the light, do we get less responding? And usually you do, you get less responding because the animal, the notion here is the animal's frightened. Um, it's also called a conditioned emotional response, okay? And then it goes back up when the light comes off. What we do now is we compare the ratio of responses here to responses here, and we get a, a value called a suppression ratio, okay? Um, if you get zero, you get complete suppression. The animal isn't responding at all. If you get an, a value of one, it's not suppressing it at all, is it? Because one would mean that the line was there. 
right? That's not what happens. So then, so we get the suppression ratio, which is this value here, the, the average value here versus the average value here. So we actually, the nice thing is what we're getting here is we get a real number. We get a number we can, we can play with, we can do data analysis with. Now, caffeine actually increases suppressed behavior. So on caffeine, let's take some of these away. There we go. So now we got the light again, but we, the animal's also given caffeine. So it looks more like that. Okay, so it looks more like that. Basically what's happened here again, it's a stimulus, a stimulant and stimulants make animals more likely to respond to things. So it's increasing suppressed behavior. Okay, questions about that? Does that make some sense? Because I know it's not the easiest thing if you've not taken a course in, in animal learning, um, it isn't trivial, but I hope I explained it okay. So that's regular suppression. This is suppression. It goes up a little bit, so a little more suppressed behavior when the caffeine is given. Okay, so let's do that. So that was, there we go. It generalizes to cocaine. A caffeine generalizes to cocaine. So how do we do this? We train a rat that when, it's give, when, it, when it sees a light, it gets cocaine. And then we test the conditioned response. And then we test it. Can it learn that the light also leads to caffeine? Yes. Another, but not to other amphetamines, not to amphetamines. It's weird. It's more like caffeine. This makes some sense when you look at the physiological effects, because we talked yesterday about how, or two days ago, about how caffeine affects dopamine. And it turns out that in fact, we also know that, um, that's what that's what cocaine does. So it's probably the fact that it's just it's it's it feels uh, feel rats don't let's not worry about rat feelings, but you know what I mean. It's shorthand here that it feels that experientially, phenomenologically for the rat, it's similar enough to cocaine that they can generalize. It's not the same with amphetamines, and amphetamines don't necessarily that they don't just release dopamine. And we know caffeine doesn't just do that either. All right. So how does the first cup of coffee make you feel? Oh, Decaffeinated, of course, because it is the afternoon and I like sleeping at night. Humans are amazing at discriminating a caffeine from not caffeine. Adult humans who are caffeine users. So someone like me, I've been drinking coffee since I was 12 and I'm 56. Um, many of you have been drinking coffee probably since you were 12 or 15 or something like that, or perhaps younger. Um, if I gave you a pill with 1.8 milligrams of caffeine and asked you about 30 minutes later, is this caffeine or not? You're way better than chance at 1.8 milligrams compared to one that has no caffeine. It's a sip of coffee, like a small sip of coffee is 1.8 milligrams of coffee, like this much. In fact, probably less, yeah, less than that, half a sip of coffee probably in a standard size mug, maybe even less. Like it's, it's less than a teaspoon and you could go, yeah, it's got caffeine in it. <laughs> and you can do that even without the taste. Like, actually, this is really good decaffeinated coffee, but that I'm drinking it. I, I can't really taste that it's not caffeinated, but usually I can tell I can drink ca caffeinated, uh, decaffeinated coffee. And I immediately think to myself, um, 
uh, yeah, John's right. A cup of coffee will keep you stay awake. That's what it does. Um, what, a small amount, like I can usually tell the taste of, of decaffeinated coffee. It doesn't taste like coffee to me. It tastes like fake coffee. This stuff's actually very good. I, I probably can't tell the difference, but I could tell you if it had no caffeine or not half an hour later, if you asked me. And you all could too. By the way, uh, caffeinated coffee has some caffeine in it, but it's about like 1.8 milligrams for a whole cup. It's nothing. Uh, this is reports from a bazillion studies and all of our <laughs> personal life lived experience tells us that caffeine makes us feel energized, focused, motivated. Um, this is the same, by the way, for non-users. So if you give a non-caffeine user a small amount of caffeine, so we're talking here 20 milligrams, the amount that's in a weak cup of tea, um, people will report feeling energized, focused, motivated. Um, an honor st student of mine, Adam Pereno, and I did an experiment. Jeez, when was that? Early 2010s, probably 2010, maybe 2011. I think it was 2010, his honors thesis. And uh, we were giving people uh, five, 50 milligrams of caffeine and people felt it, like they could feel it. They, like once the drug kicked in, after, and of course, half the people did, half the people didn't. And I also knew they were potentially getting caffeine. We aren't monsters, we did followed ethics. Um, people definitely detected they could, they could feel the caffeine of, you know, in, in 10 or 20 minutes. And they reported these kind of things in our study, which they all, people always do. Wasn't the point of our study, but. Okay, so it's the same for non-users. This is at low to moderate doses. This is between 20, and I mentioned 20 milligrams, between 20 and 200 milligrams. This is roughly somewhere between a cup of weak tea and a cup of extremely strong coffee. Okay, this is low, we'll consider that that's in one, one dosing, right? One bout, we'll call that a low amount. Now, it's different. Um, oh, by the way, sustained use of, of caffeine leads to more adenosine receptors. So your, your body tends to do this, right? When it gets experience with the drug, it's like, I don't want to be in the place where the drug is. And it tries to level you out. Now, if big doses are given to non-users, um, first of all, they don't have the tolerance that we caffeine users have. So a large dose, so here we're talking maybe 500 milligrams. Okay, so that's like the equivalent of a very strong wake up pill. Um, like you, you see like extra strength wake up pills, those kind of things, which you probably, it's like drinking five cups of coffee at once. You wouldn't do that normally. Uh, they report extremely unpleasant symptoms. Okay. Um, they'll report uh, their heart racing, racing thoughts. You ever had, you know, you know what that means? If you've ever... Um, uh, taken too much cold medication that has pseudoephedrine in it. So like Dayquil, you, you'll, you'll just like, your thoughts are all over the place. It's, it's, it's extremely unpleasant, even if you know it's the drug. I was giving a lecture when I was a postdoc at Western um, and I had the flu. And nowadays we know better and we don't go to work when we have the flu, but it was a different time. Uh, and I was up there teaching and I was so wired that I actually, it was a class of about 400 people, uh, research methods class. And I, I looked up and I just said, um, I can kind of feel my hair growing now. Uh, so we're going to stop class because I'm kind of freaking out. <laughs> and that was the end of it. That's because I'd taken cold medication. Uh, people who aren't caffeine users will, will have that same effect, which we wouldn't. You could take five 
hundred milligrams of caffeine. If you're a person who drinks a couple of coffee, cup, yeah, a couple of cups of coffee a day, you'd feel focused, energized, and you might feel a little, little jittery, but you wouldn't feel like racing thoughts and my heart's beating fast. And maybe I'm going to have a panic attack. Right. Withdrawal. I think most of us know the withdrawal symptoms of caffeine because most of us wake up with them. Um, headache, flu-like symptoms. Basically here, what I'm talking about is stuffy nose, perhaps a little nausea, um, aches and pains. It's flu-like symptoms. They were very low-level flu-like symptoms, right? Really, your your attitude isn't good, right? Like you, a lot of people say this. This is before, you know, it's before my first cup of coffee. Don't talk to me. Oh, excuse me. Maybe they should get caffeinated coffee. But anyway, um, you're basically in a pissy mood. You're not going to be in a good mood. So this is this happens. By the way, we people, the average adult human develops withdrawal symptoms, so they're dependent on caffeine when they ingest 100 milligrams of caffeine a day which is roughly what I do. I drink one cup of coffee a day, typically, besides the decaf. But I don't get the headaches, but I do end up, I often wake up in a bit of a pissy mood. And, I, and I'll tell you that when I start making coffee because of the association, because of associative learning, I wake up and I was like, oh, okay, that's better. I'm fine. Um, and even when one knows that that's happening to one, oneself, you, you still think you're still in a bad mood, but then it goes away. Reinforcing properties of caffeine. Um, it is hard to get a lot of animals to self-administer it because they have the different, their pathways are different. It's more like little kids, right? That I've talked about. So it's hard to get rats, uh, monkeys, et cetera, to um, self-administer. You can, um, and it will pr uh, prime cocaine use. What that means is when a rat has been trained to, 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 to press a bar for um, caffeine, it will then be more likely to take some caffeine, uh, cocaine, if it's already learned about cocaine. So it primes cocaine use. There's lots of variation in humans. Um, a lot of it depends on things like the task demands. So when I say task demands, what am I talking about? Uh, this is a psychological thing. So we do like a task analysis. If we look at something just that before this, before we started, I've been marking, um, Statistics midterms, because I just gave one. Some of you were in that class. Um, I've been marking them because one does that. that. That's my job. And when I'm marking, I drink a lot more coffee because I have to be focused. So the task makes me drink more coffee, not the, and it's not the amount I would normally drink, right? Same with marking essays, marking almost anything. Um, it focuses me. Normally that would just be, it would actually be get to the point of, oh, I'm not going to do this because it's going to make me not feel good. And my family will suffer because I'm going to be in a shitty mood because I'm kind of snippy. <laughs> um, but if I'm doing something that involves a lot of focus, I'll, I'll have an extra cup of coffee often. Um, your coffee experience, your caffeine experience is a huge thing here. If you are not a caffeine user, you will find you will probably find caffeine, you will notice a lot of the effects. This is just tolerance, right? You will notice the effects more than someone who is not a caffeine or is a caffeine user. So you'll notice your heart beats faster because it actually does. And an old undergraduate student, again, uh, from when I was back in Newfoundland, uh, and she didn't drink coffee. And 
she would drink decaf, but not regular caffeinated coffee. And I remember her talking to me one day in my office and she was drinking caffeinated coffee. She didn't know it. Um, but she was saying, you know, my, my heart, I feel like my heart is beating really fast. And I said, well, you got a cup of coffee there. She said, I only drink decaf. I said, I bet that's not decaf. And we went back down to the cafeteria and uh, the person said, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I screwed that up. This is actually caffeinated coffee. <laughs> so, I mean, she was really able to detect it. Oh yeah. But why did it restart the, the thing? Um, the demand for coffee, for caffeine, I guess we'll say, but let's go to coffee, is very inelastic. In the late 1970s, um, coffee was, because of a bad harvest in Brazil, um, coffee went up to $6 a pound. Ah, Ben's right. Yeah, if I need to do a lot of writing, I know I will go to Starbucks and get really, <laughs> get really high caffeine drinks. No, that's people do that. That's... And if you're used to caffeine, it's perfectly harmless. Like, so let's just check out what that means for in today's kind of money. So let's go to inflation calculator, which is something I always use, always have ready for what I'm watching Mad Men. Uh, inflation calculator, we'll use the US version. The inflation isn't that different between the two countries. Put that over there. And if it's 1970, whoops, 1977, and we're gonna say $6. In 2022, it's $27. <laughs> so coffee was the equivalent for a pound of coffee. This, you know, 454 grams that we normally buy, the small, not the big can, you know, but this, it was 20, the equivalent of $28, basically $27, $28 a pound. Guess what people did? They kept buying coffee. We are a society that is de heavily dependent on caffeine. And it's, it's harmless. Like, I'm not... I don't think we should be worried. All I'm saying is that coffee can go up and people keep buying it. Now, if it doubled that price, let's say if today, if coffee went up to, I think, $28 a pound, I don't know what we would, I would stop drinking coffee. I would find something else, but people didn't. It's pretty amazing. Bad stuff. Uh, can it cause cancer? Uh, probably with enough, but as a rule, there's no real good evidence that caffeine is that dangerous. There's something called caffeinism. Caffeinism, which sounds like uh, some sort of bad political uh, stance to take. Uh, where's my other part of this thing here? I gotta find. Do, 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 there it is. Yeah, caffeinism is when you. It's kind of like a low-level version of a of overdosing on caffeine. And I, I talked the other day about how I had something like this uh, in uh, graduate school. Um, so the DSM, DSM-5, it's called caffeine intoxication. So I'm going to read this directly here. Uh, caffeine intoxication may be diagnosed if five or more of the following symptoms develop after recent consumption of caffeine. Restlessness, nervousness, excitement, insomnia, flushed face, uh, diuresis, which is uh, you, may, you pee more, gastrointestinal disturbance, um, muscle twitching, rambling flow of thought and speech, tachycardia, that's your heart going really fast uh cardiac arrhythmia that's well you know what that means i think um periods of inexhaustibility and psychomotor um agitation that's kind of what i had when i had the 10 cups of coffee in an hour i stayed awake though for the horrible lecture but yeah most of us haven't experienced this and it's nothing to be too worried about. You're probably never going to make that happen. You know how that happens? That happens from wake-up pills. That does not happen from um, 
just drinking too much coffee because you can't drink overdose levels of coffee in um, typically it doesn't happen at least with, with, with drinking coffee did with me. That was because I drank like a whole pot of coffee in about 45 minutes, an hour. Um, Cause I was an idiot. Can you overdose? Well, the overdose level, like this is enough that can we get to the LD 50? Well, it's somewhere between for the average human between 30 and 80 cups, the equivalent of 30 and to 80 cups of coffee. The lethal dose for caffeine is somewhere between 150 and 200 milligrams per kilogram. So I weigh about 85, no, probably not quite that much, 80 kilos. So if we say 100, well, that means there it is. That's about 80 cups of coffee for me. It's probably not going to happen. Now, 8,000 milligram caffeine pills, you can't really get those, you can get 500, so 16, 500 milligram caffeine pills. Yeah, that's enough. That could do it. Totally. Oh, and John mentions that Monster Energy and Rockstar drinks have a lot of caffeine and they make, they make, they make him go crazy. I can attest to that. Um, I can tell you that those drinks tend to not have a whole lot more than a cup of coffee, but you tend to drink them more quickly than coffee because they're cold. Um, ben mentions how a friend of his was hospitalized, hospitalized from consuming too much caffeine. It didn't ca cause any serious issues. But it's, enough, it's enough to convince you to go to the yard because, yeah, you will feel like you're having a panic attack. And that's not a bad reason to go there. Um, Two espressos, uh, but 400 to 500 milligrams. It's, they'd have to be not little shots of espresso though. They'd have to be bigger. Um, oh, the LD50, a lethal dose for 50% of the population. It's between uh, 150 and 200 milligrams per kilo, kilogram of, 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 of person. <laughs> so, and like I said, I weigh about 80, somewhere around 80. So I just multiply, I just figured that's about 80 cups of coffee for me. So that's unlikely, but I could, I have had caffeine intoxication. I certainly have. And um, I'm not doubting anybody that says they didn't have caffeine intoxication because I've, I've had it and it is unpleasant. It really is unpleasant. Um, even when you know what it is, it's, it's like when you get too drunk, you know, you're drunk because you know, you're too drunk. You know, you've had too much to drink, but you don't go, oh, it's okay. Cause I know it's from alcohol, <laughs> you know, I mean, I once smoked weed that had too high a level of THC and that was odd i'll tell you that story when we get to the stuff about cannabis um does it affect reproduction okay this was a thing people used to talk about it would say it causes chromosome damage a very notice i was using my dumb guy voice so usually when when you hear that some substance causes chromosome da damage go further into it sure it does if you put caffeine on cells yeah that'll you know what else does milk like almost anything if you just pour it on a bunch of cells to the point of it being ridiculous, will be damaging. So I wouldn't worry about that. Um, is it toxic to developing fetuses? No. Can it be? Well, you have to have enough, sure. But you have to realize that, you know, your MD, if you get pregnant, will, will say to you, how much coffee do you drink? And if you say three or four cups a day, they'll go, okay. And they'll also say to you, you know, once the, 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 the it starts moving, you'll feel it move more when you ingest some caffeine. But it's not like it is with alcohol or cigarettes when they say you should probably stop that for at least nine months. You know, um, 
it's a little bit of a different thing. Are there cardiac effects? Uh, this was a weird thing that came out in the, geez, mid to late 80s that caffeine was causing people, coffee, but people figured it was the caffeine, was causing people to have um, higher blood pressure. And it turned out it probably wasn't the caffeine. It was the way you were making coffee. Um, if you're making it the way that it actually tastes better, which involves, you know, like a French press or something, there's more coffee oil in there. And this was people who were drinking a lot of coffee. Uh, it, it, and it's basically, of course, a, um, it's a tropical oil, right? So, but I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't worry about this. This is something a lot of people worried about, but I wouldn't get too concerned. Um, I'm going to end off by, by the idea that they're unlike, okay, with nicotine for years, um, tobacco companies, which are probably the most evil companies ever. You can say a lot about oil and gas companies and we could go on about them, but I'll say this, at least stuff is useful that comes from oil. Smoking cigarettes doesn't help anybody. Okay. But they would, these, the cigarette companies, the tobacco companies were funding all this research saying that cigarettes were safe. Now, is the research into caffeine? There's lots. And its effects on timing and memory and cognitive vigilance and all this great stuff. And some of it's funded by coffee companies. But I know people who have done a lot of this work, done some of this work, and they just get the money. And it gets published anyway. Um, so I'm being sarcastic when I say beware the international co uh, coffee conspiracy. I don't think we have a whole lot to worry about here. All right, questions about caffeine before we then have general questions about the upcoming test. Anyone have a question about caffeine before we move on? And I do have the chat here, so I can actually see it. I have one question, sir. Go ahead. If you were drinking, say, less than one cup, still like produce that focus and motivation effect or it just cause like the negative effects associated with caffeine? I lost, I didn't get the first part. You kind of broke up the first part. Oh, sorry. No, it's not um, your fault. So if, you're, if you don't have... Uh, if you don't have the regular tolerance to mm -hmm. caffeine or you're a non-user or whatever, um, would it? Okay. If you're not a non, if you're a non-user, I got that. Then you dropped out again. <laughs> Excuse me, dad. I have a question. No, John, wait, oh, wait for her to finish. Sorry. sorry. Uh, <laughs> I type, type you in the chat, Julie. Oh, sorry. Nice. Um, so if you're a non-user, would... Okay, sorry. I don't know why I'm putting. It's okay. Don't, 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 don't. Uh, just type it into the chat if you can. Sorry about that, Dad. Okay, John. We'll let her finish, please. Okay. Thanks. Because we'll see if she can get it typed into the chat here. Because it was about. I know what it was about. It was about the a non-user and the effect of. Oh, here we go. Here it comes. Here it comes. There we go. If you're a non-user of caffeine, 
Would one cup of coffee still produce that increased focus? Yes. Yes. One cup of coffee, moderate amount. So between 20 and 200 milligrams of your non-user will give you the awake feeling, the focus, the energized. Yeah, it'll give you that. More than that will give you the, I think I'm having a panic attack feeling. Yes. Good question. Thank you. Other questions about caffeine? Excuse me, Dad. I have a question. Okay, go ahead. Um, well, um, two uh, monster energies will will two monster energies uh, make you go crazy after <laughs> you drink them? You're asking actually not a bad question, John. And people do. This is going back to. If I was to go here, whoops, doesn't matter. Um, it is the case that when people have too much caffeine, they can get this caffeine overdose thing, but that takes a lot. Two energy drinks? No, that's still a pretty moderate amount, uh, but it could be unpleasant if you don't ingest a lot of caffeine. So if you're somebody who has a cup of coffee or a cup, couple cups of coffee a day, no. If you're somebody who doesn't have coffee, you're getting close to that thing that Julia just asked, which is you're getting very close to this idea of more than 200 milligrams would it make you quote crazy, John? No, but it will. It could be unpleasant for somebody if they get more than say 200 and they're not a regular caffeine user. All right. Other questions about caffeine? Uh, good. Okay. So I'm going to stop the recording and then you can ask questions about other stuff for the upcoming. Think of me, you 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 think of me,
podcast is released under a Creative Commons copyright share like 2.5 Canada. Uh, feel free to redistribute the information as you see fit, but please don't make any money out of it. And if you do, you got to tell me because I'm reserving that right. Giving up all the other ones, including uh, mash it up any way you want, okay? Um, also, of course, give me attribution. If you want to get a hold of me, my email address is dave.broadbeck, B-R-O-D-B-E-C-K, at algomau.ca. My website is people.auc.ca slash broadbeck slash blog. Uh, most of the music, uh, all the music's Podsafe, and most of it comes from GarageBand.com or the Podsafe Music Network. See you next time.